our series, uh, Grow Like Jesus or Growing Like Jesus. Last week we talked about growing in wisdom. And before we move on, I do want to say this. I talked to my daughter and my niece and, and some of the younger folks, and I, I apologize to them because one of the things that I was going to say, if you were here last week when we talked about gaining wisdom, uh, Jesus was in the temple and he was with the teachers, right? And his occupation was to sit with them and to listen to them and to, what was the other point? He was listening and asking questions. Amen? Y'all remember that? Well, I did that same devotion a couple of weeks ago at Grace House, and the director of Grace House, Pam Phipps, said, Pastor Mike, can I stop you right there? And she says, I agree 100% that in the, 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 the points about sitting and listening and asking questions, but it is not just for younger people to sit under older people and listen and ask questions. But if you really want to gain wisdom about younger people, then the older people need to sit and listen and ask questions as well. Let the church say amen. Because we do a lot of talk about young people and we really don't know where they are. And if we want to gain wisdom uh, with regard to interacting with our young people, we need to sit with them and listen to them and ask questions I know we got an older group, but let me uh, call the under 21 crowd to say amen. Ain't very many under 21. We, we, we got some work to do, church. <laughs> anyway, my daughters and my niece said amen last week. And they said, Dad, you need to say that again. So I said it again. Let the church say amen. You don't have to stand today. You know the verse. It's, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Let the church say amen. Amen. So we're going to talk about stature today. Go ahead and and go to the slide that says Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. The traditional view... For growing in stature is to grow physically. Let the church say amen. amen. We're not going to talk about growing physically. You've heard sermons about our health. You've heard sermons about eating healthy. You've heard sermons about your diet, about exercise, and about rest. You know that that is true, right? Let the church say amen. amen. But there is another view of the word stature. And I want to introduce you to that view. Stay with me for a minute because I think it's important for all of us. It could be that this message is not necessarily for you, but but it is for somebody else. It could be for you and you need to backtrack. You need to grow in these areas and get up to where you are now. It could be that you have children. This is for you. This is for you to to say, I want to grow like Jesus grew, but I want my children to grow like Jesus grew as well. Let the church say amen. Amen. So go to the next slide as we talk about the word stature. I don't do this a whole lot. Sometimes I'll allude to the original language, but I want you to see it. And in order to equip you, I want to mention a resource. Many of you probably already know 
about Vine's expository dictionary of New Testament words. If you've heard of it, say amen. So in, in, in Vine's expository dictionary of New Testament words, if you were to look up the word stature, it would say, for stature, see the word age. Say age. age. Stature does not have a definition. If you go online, it, they, they have it online at, uh, I believe it's studylight.org. Uh, you, you go there and it won't give you a description of the word stature. But what it'll do is say, go to the word age, number three. That means the third definition. And if you go to age number three, it says this, that it's a feminine noun and it's primarily an age as certain length of life came to mean. Which means, letter A, it says a particular time of life as when a person is said to be of age. And then it gives the scripture references for that, or beyond a certain stage of life. Letter B. Elsewhere, only of stature, found in Matthew chapter 6 and Luke 2.52. Do you see that? So in Luke 2.52, it's talking about an age. It is to be distinguished from these other Greek words since it has to do simply with matters relating to an individual. And here it is. Either it means his time of life or his height. So in a physical sense, when it says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature, that means Jesus grew up physically, yes. But he also grew up according to the time in which he lived. So the time in which he lived, for us, it is three categories. Three categories, and I want to talk about those three categories today, and I'm not going to be long. Number one, Jesus grew up as a child. Number two, Jesus grew up as a youth. And number three, Jesus grew up as an adult. So childhood, youthhood, and adulthood are the three lengths of time. Those are the three ages in which Jesus grew up. And men and women, there are parallels to your spiritual life. I'm going to talk about the physical and try and inter, you know, weave the, the, the spiritual as well, the physical and the spiritual. But how many know we need to grow up? Amen. We've got to grow up. And we as parents have to help our children grow up as well. I frequently tell the young men that I deal with, hey, I'm looking for some men. I know you think that way. That's that's a baby. We don't need any babies on the court. I'm looking for some men. Is there anybody going to be a man? But coach, that was a bad call. Coach, they did this. Coach, they did that. I said, I know they did that. Now, you said it. Let's put that over here. What you going to do? Now, a man says that happened. Short memory. Next play. Next opportunity. I know this, that there. That's what happened there. How are we going to respond? I'm looking for some manhood responses. And so you can be 40 years old and still act like a child. You, you can have all the experiences and never grown from those experiences. You can still be acting like a baby sucking your thumb. I know of women who are still looking for their husbands to become men. Years ago, Wellington Boone wrote a book entitled, Your Wife is Not Your Mama. 
And some of us don't think that this, this message is relevant. You just be married to a baby, male or female. And you see what's going you, you employ a baby. You give responsibility to a baby. And you see what happens. So we've got to grow up. It says that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. He grew up according to the age in which he was supposed to be. If you understand what I'm saying, say amen. amen. So we're going we're gonna to go through this just, just, just a little bit. I hope I don't take too much time. First point is Jesus grew or increased in childhood. He grew or increased in childhood. What I'd like you to see is that in Luke 2, 27 and 28, Jesus is an infant and his parents, uh, his mother and his stepfather bring him to the temple. And it says, so he came by the spirit. He is a man named Simeon, a man old who, 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 who recognizes that this is the Christ child. He came by the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him, according to the custom of the law, to bless him, he, Simeon, took him up in his arms and blessed him. And the rest of the passage talks about the blessing that is gave that he gave. How many know that our children, our infant children, need blessings? It is not just being sprinkled by water that the blessing is. It is blessing them, recognizing that God's hand is on them, recognizing that they have a future and a destiny and a legacy to fulfill. And many of us, we just get so excited about the gender reveal. Think about that for a minute. That we don't put any energy into the blessing once they come. Amen or old me. Pop some balloons on that one. So he blessed them. Not only did did do that, it's the same instance. It's the same time. Go and read the passage in Luke chapter 2. And coming in that instant, she, Anna, gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Anna recognized that this was the Christ child and recognized his destiny. Listen, I am a living witness of that. I was born at four years old. My grandmother took me up and in her arms, told those around in the family, this one's going to be a preacher. As a child, she recognized. Some of you have recognized, listen, it's not by chance what happened happened just a minute ago. We got a drummer in the house. And everybody knows it. So if they, if he grows up in this church and you're blessed enough to still be here and he's over there, you just smile and say, I saw it when you were a baby. You see it right there. But next, it says in, in Luke 2.40, And the child grew, meaning Jesus, and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Do you see the categories in which he grew even as an infant? It says, and the child grew and became strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. How does that happen? 
It happens based on 2 Timothy chapters 1 and chapters 3, where where Paul tells Timothy, you grew in infancy as they shared the scriptures with you. We, We recognize that the spirit and the hands were laid upon you even as an infant. We saw it in your mama and your grandmama, and we know it's in you too. So the impartation of older folk who are responsible, and, and you cannot use that I don't have my biological parents as an ex- excuse. God will place someone in your life. It's going to be an older adult who lays their hands on you, who pronounces blessings upon you, who shares the word with you, who imparts to you, and you grow by the grace of God. Amen. And men and women, if you have children in your house, that's your occupation right now. To pray for them. I remember when, 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 when we had smaller or children, uh, Kim would, would say, I try and skirt out of the responsibility. And Kim would say, no, you put them to bed and you pray for them. You put them to bed and you pray for them. Oh, glory. Thinking about the days. And what I would do, I, I didn't have sense enough to bring my oil, so I would just put the, the, the mark of the cross on their forehead. And then one, one, one uh, uh, night as I was putting them to bed, I said, well, let's pray. I said, no, I'm not going to pray. You pray. I said, Candace, how about you pray? And we all bowed our heads to pray. And guess what she did? She said, Daddy, you first. And then she made the cross, the mark of the cross on Daddy's forehead. Amen. I don't take any credit. But what I'm saying is I'm recognized that God had his hand on the lives of my children and I wanted to go in cooperation with him to pray for them, to impart to them. They didn't have a choice whether or not they were coming to church. They didn't have a choice whether or not they were going to be in the Christmas program or the Easter program or go out with us on the Thanksgiving harvest. They didn't have a choice. Because it's my responsibility to train them up. Let me uh, read to you some of the characteristics of children and we'll move on to, to point number two. It says character traits of children. In order to teach children effectively, one should bear in mind the uniqueness of a child, the combination of temperament, upbringing, strengths and weaknesses. However, when teaching a group of children, it's not practical to cater for the complete spectrum of differences in personalities and learning style. You do that as a parent. Here are the characteristics. Children are sinners by nature, but want to do good. So you got to help them. Children love stories. They have a rich imagination. They want to triumph. They want good to triumph over evil. They enjoy singing, acting, and being creative. They're emotionally sensitive and thus vulnerable. They're genuinely carefree. They forgive easily and forget quickly. Mm, Did y'all feel that? They can easily become discouraged. They are good at memorizing. They're eager to learn and acquire skills. They are trusting and believe what adults tell them. They, children, believe in God and see Jesus as their friend. They find it easy to pray. They have faith in God's ability to answer prayer. And they accept everything in the Bible as being true. That's why we have to lead children to Christ. we got to lead folks to Christ early. Children, God has made these children open to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. Because this is what they come with. And imparting to them during this stage is so, so important. And I praise God for Jesus' parents 
who said, I'm going to help him grow in that. He increased in stature. He grew and increased in childhood. But not only that, he grew and increased as a youth as well. As a youth as well. Look up at the, uh, the passage. Luke 2.51 says, right before 2.52, this is, is the context is Jesus is in the temple. He has been talking with the teachers. His, his parents find him there. They say to him, How, where were you? you? You made us upset. He says to them, didn't you know that I was about my father's business? Why, why are you trying to worry about where I am? You imparted to me. You know who I am. You know I was it. And then it says this. Important. Jesus had all the life skills. Jesus had all the knowledge. Jesus knew everything. He was the only youth that knew everything. Think about that for a minute. He was the only one, the only one that knew everything. Some of our youth think they know everything. Jesus actually knew everything. And get this. He knew everything, but Luke 2.51 says, Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was what? Subject to them. Well, oh, youth, you may know everything, but uh, the most important thing I want you to learn is submission to authority. That's what I want you to know. I want you to know that God has made me the parent and you the child. That's what I want you to know. Craig, I want them to know that, that this lesson in our household will carry for the rest of their lives. Because if you don't recognize me as the authority figure in your household, how are you going to recognize your boss on your job as the authority figure? How are you going to recognize your teacher or your principal as the authority? It starts in the home. And as a youth, Jesus excelled in that area. So one of the main uh, uh, issues in, 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 in youth is this. We have to help youth learn what submission to authority means. And that's hard, y'all. Because youth are growing in a number of different areas. It's so difficult. Let me read to you just, just a, a couple of things about youth. That the, the youth are growing. They're growing and, and they're trying to figure out their bodies physically. You're going through puberty and, 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 and the girls are blossoming and, and the guys begin to get only one thing on their minds. And, and they lose in their minds based on that. And they're growing mentally. They're trying to figure out the world and figure out understanding complex problems and, and that kind of thing. They're growing emotionally. They don't know why their emotions are going like this. It's because they're youth. They're growing and trying to figure that thing out. Social things. We, we as adults are trying to figure out why peer pressure is so important to them, why somebody that says something online is making them commit suicide and all that. But, but socially, they're trying to, they want to fit in. And those that don't fit in have real difficulty. That's youth. We have to be more compassionate with our youth, don't we? They're trying to figure it out. And then on top of that, we, we're trying to tell them that Jesus is Lord, and if they didn't get it as a child... They're trying to figure that out because they're bombarded with all kinds of things to believe spiritually. So they're trying to figure that out as well. One person said this, Youth are those members of the human race who are too old to be children and too inexperienced to be adults. They're right there in there. We we call them teenagers. They're really tweenagers. They're in between being a child and being an adult. 
Many youth have the stature of men and the attitude of boys. Many youth have the bodies of women and the ideas of girls. Many are running when they're supposed to walk, talking when they're supposed to be silent, standing when they're supposed to sit, and playing when they're supposed to work. That's what being a a teenager is all about. Being a youth is all about. One study says this, that in Jewish culture, from being uh, uh, born to being about 11, right at 12 years old, was childhood. From, from, From 12 to early 30s was youth. That's why in the book of 1 Timothy, and it should be up there, that's why Paul tells Timothy, as Timothy is pastoring the church at Ephesus, and he has some older people there who are more experienced than him, probably have more knowledge than him, probably could do a better job of running things. He says, God has given you the responsibility. And he says, let no one despise you or look down upon you because of your youth. But be an example to the believers in these categories. Be an example to them in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And if you want to know how to help a youth grow, you use those categories to help them grow. To help them grow. Proverbs, I can't remember the, the, the actual address to Proverbs. You look it up. I believe it's 20, chapter 20, verse 11, but you, you, you check me on this. It says, even a child, and that's the word for youth, is known by his deeds. So, what the, what the, what the real issue is with youth is, they want to do what's right. But their actions say something different. And what we are to do in that youth stage is, not beat them up about bad actions, but remind them about what they want to do and then help them learn how to do what's right in those categories. But hey, I want to help you in your words. Listen, we're not going to use that kind of language. The guys on my team always, they slip up and they'll always say, oh, excuse me, Pastor Mike, excuse me, Pastor Mike. And I don't say, well, that's okay. I say, well, listen, let's stop using that kind of language. You know, I got an assistant coach. Did, did you? He said, ooh, 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 I'm sorry, Pastor Mike. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I said, hey, we got a model. Remember, we got a model. We got a model. We got to be an example. Yeah. And some of us as adults got to stop cussing at home. Because they hear it. And they think in a similar circumstance, when they get squeezed, it's supposed to come out of them as well. In word. In conduct, that means what you do. Later for the worldly adage that says, do as I say, not as I do. No, people do as you do. So make sure you watch what you do do. Okay. Y'all got that? And in love. We're going to talk about love in just a minute. And in spirit. Listen, I didn't feel like coming to worship today. I told them, the deacons out there, I said, y'all want to preach? I said, I, don't, I ain't really feeling it today, but I heard that music. And I started doing warfare in my spirit, and it just came out all on y'all. I'll just be honest with you. You wore the wrong socks and everything. In, 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 in spirit, in faith, and then lastly, in purity. And our youth got to watch what they watch. 
Watch what they hear. Watch what they're exposed to. Those are the areas that our youth need to grow. And Jesus excelled. He grew in every one of them. We don't have the recorded uh, information, but I tell you that Jesus never sinned. Jesus grew. Jesus was excellent. He was tempted in everything just as we are. Yet He was an example in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in in faith, and in purity. In each one of those areas. And that is what we're to do. Now listen. We get frustrated with our youth and we want to beat it in them. We think that we just beat them enough and they'll get it. No. As a youth, you come alongside them as a teacher. As a counselor. As someone that says, I know. Someone says, I've been there. Someone says, let's walk through this thing. Someone who says, I know I had the same experience. I had trouble with this. Let me tell you how we can get victory. Many of us think that our role and responsibility in raising youth is to be a police cop. And we're so shocked and we're so disappointed and we're so surprised that they're sinful. No, Jesus is the only perfect youth that ever lived. We aspire to be like Jesus. We don't aspire to to be Jesus. It's to be like Him. And men and women, our, 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 our goal and sometimes our methods crush their spirits. I remember when one of my daughters was right around 12 years old. She was having a bad day. Mama was upset with her. She had gotten three or four spankings early in, in the day, and, and, and she had discovered a day or two before that she had started that thing, that monthly thing. Anybody with me? And she was so upset, and, 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 and she, done, she did something else. And I might have been talking back. I don't know what it was. But Kim looked at me and said, you handle it. And I, I, I knew that this young lady fully expected, well, daddy's going to whoop me too. We went in a different room. I said, what's going on? She said, I don't know. I said, come here. She said, what? I said, put your head right here. She put her head right here. I said, that thing started, didn't it? She said, I said, and you don't know what to feel, what to do, what to say. You feeling. I said, it's all. She said, she started weeping because she was like, daddy understands. And as long as daddy understands, I'm okay. As long as daddy understands. Y'all going to get this in the spiritual realm in a minute. As long as daddy understands, I'm a youth and I'm trying my best and I don't know where I'm going. Some of us are youth spiritually right now. You don't know where you're going. You're trying to do what's right. You're trying to do what, what is, what is, what, what is required of you. You're trying, and you know that you need to be an example. You don't know how it, it, you know, that monthly demon pops up every time and you lose your mind and you just, you go back to what you were doing before you got saved and you, you say, and you say, but daddy says, I know. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. And I says, hey, let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to help you through this thing. Listen, it's hard being a youth. It is. And I'm not here to tell you, hey, beat up on them because these are the five areas. You beat up on them until they got it. No. 
I'm saying love on them till they got it. Come alongside of them till they get it. Teach them till they get it. Amen or oh me. All right, last one. I went way too long on that. But uh, last one. Jesus grew and increased as an adult. As an adult. Uh, It says in 1 Corinthians 13, Love suffers long, it's kind. It does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not believe, uh, behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, it thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. It's the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. It's all about love. These were those who followed Jesus in Corinth, but they they had forgotten about love. They had forgotten about that being the major aim. In 1 Corinthians 13, 11, it says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, understood as a child, thought as a child, but when I became a man or an adult, I put away childish things. There's a distinguishing, there are distinguishing marks between childhood or being a youth and being an adult. It is the way you, you, you think. It is the way you reason. It, it is the way you, you, you understand things. It, it is the way you talk, the way you understand, the way you reason. When you put away those things, you become an adult. And one of the marks of an adult is learning how to love in every situation. When people wrong you, you gotta love them anyhow. When people uh, disappoint you, you gotta love them anyhow. When things don't go your way, you gotta love them anyhow. And many of us have not gotten to the point of adulthood in the Christian life because we don't know how to love. We get mad and write people off. We get angry and say, well, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna be your friend no more. I ain't going to love you no more. I'm not going to communicate with you anymore. But being an adult, and it's it's not by chance that it's in the love chapter, if we want to grow in Jesus, we grow in love. And the distinguishing mark is loving difficult folks. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8 It all goes back to the Gospel. I don't have enough time because I'm getting ready to close, but to, to go in this whole idea of adulthood. But Jesus grew in adulthood. Jesus grew in loving folk. That's why uh, uh, the Lord said, well, I am going to take him through these phases of life, these stages of life, and allow him to grow because each stage prepares you for the next. You're in the childhood stage where you're immature, where you need someone to come alongside you, you're open, you're ready, and that prepares you to go through the youth stage. You go through the youth stage of trying to figure it out. You're making some mistakes. You're not doing things right. You, 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 but you get to the point where you say, I'm willing to surrender to the authority that's in my life, even if that authority is God. And that prepares you to come to adulthood to love. Because now it's, I am surrendering to the authority in my life. He's given me the power to love. He's given me the authority of the love. He's given me the mandate to love. I'm willing to submit to that so I'm loving in every situation. Your situation now prepares you for the next stage. Well, what undergirds all of it? 
What is the support system that undergirds every single stage from childhood, youth to adulthood? I'm glad you asked. It's your baptism. It's your baptism. Because your baptism identifies you. You all are thinking it just identifies you as a believer. Take a look at the next slide. Jesus grew and increased surrounded by unconditional love of his father. You go over one chapter in Luke chapter 3 and it says in verse 21 and 22, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, while Jesus prayed, while Jesus was praying during his baptism, the heaven opened up. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him and a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved son. In you I am well pleased. His baptism, at his baptism, his father communicated three things which undergirded his childhood, which undergirded his youth, which undergirded his adulthood. And get this. Some of us have grown up in blended families. Some of us have a step-parent. We have a stepmother or a stepfather. Jesus had a stepfather. But His real Father communicated with Him throughout His entire life. And His real Father showed up at His baptism. And His real Daddy made a declaration at His baptism. His real Daddy said, You son." You have identified with me and I have identified with you. You my baby. He may have have been in the house with you, but make no mistake, I'm your daddy. And I am, you are my beloved. I love you. You're mine. And I love you. And in you, I'm well pleased. And that is the point in which we grow. Unconditional love. Well, where is that found, Uh, Pastor Mike? What is it? Do you see anything strange about him saying, in you I'm well pleased? It's, It's strange. It is the strangest verse in that old passage. In you I'm well pleased. What happens in Luke chapter 4 is Jesus goes on a 40 day fast and starts his ministry. Now do you see what, what is, what is, what is strange about this in Luke chapter 3? Do you see it? Okay, you're a little slow. Luke chapter 3 comes before Luke chapter 4. Do you see it yet? In Luke chapter 4, it says that he fasted for 40 days and he started his ministry afterwards. Do you see it now? What happens is that, that, that the father says, you are my son whom I love in you. I am well pleased. He hadn't done anything yet. I am not pleased with you because of your performance. I am not pleased with you because of your obedience. I'm not pleased with you because you do everything right. I'm not pleased with you because you've accomplished a whole lot. I'm not pleased with you because you got good grades. I'm not pleased with you because you, you, you don't give me any trouble and then you're just so responsible. No, none of that. Jesus hadn't started his ministry yet. And his daddy said, I'm pleased with you. Some of us have children and they know the only time you're happy with them is if they do something. 
They do good grades. I'm happy. You get bad grades. I'm going to whoop your tail. You do this, then I'm pleased. You do this, and I'm not pleased. It is unconditional love. I love you if you don't meet my standards. I love you if you, even if you don't make me proud. I love you. I want you to know I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you. I'm there. You can always come to mama. You can always come to daddy because I love you. You're mine. And in you, I'm well pleased. I, I am considering those things that are not as though they were. You're going to be responsible. You're going to be take, take responsibility. You're going to accomplish. You're going to do those things. And even if you don't, I still love you. In childhood, as a youth, adult, I've heard, I've given a lot of testimonies, and I'll close with this, about the problems that my daddy had with substance abuse and other things, and, and the problems he had as I was a, a, a teenager, and the problems he had was that. But even when he was going through all of that stuff, he'd sit me on his knee. And he wasn't ashamed, and I wasn't ashamed even if I, as I got an adult, we gave each other sugar on the jaw. And he'd tell me how proud he was of me. He'd tell me that, 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 and he didn't even know what I did. My daddy never came to one of my games, but he told me how proud. He said, man, you, you, you the best football player I ever know. I said, dog, you ain't never seen me play. And, and we got married, and he knew I went to Morehouse. And, and, and the worst thing that could happen in the world is that he found out Martin Luther King went to Morehouse. He said, ooh, you, and she went to Spelman. Oh, Lord, y'all, Martin and Coretta. Boy, I just tell you, y'all, he just, man, you couldn't, I don't know if I can preach or not, but you ain't going to tell my daddy I can't preach. You ain't, that's what you're not going to do. Because he told me all the time, I'm walking in a blessing, y'all. I'm walking because he blessed me. I'm walking because he didn't even see me do nothing. He ain't never been to Birmingham. And he said, I'm so proud of you. Boy, I bet that church so big, it's like the Ebony Cathedral. I, I just, you ain't going to tell him. I believe that I'm somebody because my daddy said I was somebody. Got to give these children a blessing. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature every stage of his life. And men and women, we've got to get that blessing. If you haven't had it, then, then, then you need to come back and say, Lord, Lord, if it's not apparent, give, somebody gave me a blessing. If not, I'm going to give you a blessing right now. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Father God, we thank you so much for your word today. I thank you for every person that is standing. The word of God says about you, church, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Thanks be to God who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. If you are a believer today, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. From your childhood, whatever has happened, you may look at it as a bad experience. You may look at, you could have been abused. And the Lord says, where sin doth abound, my grace does more abound. Yeah. The Lord says, you're blessed in your childhood because you're still here. Yeah. You are blessed in your, no matter what has been pronounced, whatever curses have been pronounced on you, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. 
Lord, I pray that those who are, are, are youth today, you think back to your youth, it could be that that's when it occurred. That that's when the difficulty was. Your parents said you wouldn't be nothing. Somebody of authority. And you started believing it. The Word of God says that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I pronounce spiritual blessings upon your youth life right now. You are not what they said you were. You are who God says you are. You are blessed from the top of your head down to the soles of your feet. And now that you are in the season of adulthood, you will learn to love. You will be a loving person. People will say upon you, well, I don't understand why they're so loving. I don't understand why when I curse them, they bless me. When I'm mean to them, they love me. It's because you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It is a part of our inheritance in the gospel. We will be a even though people act like children, us. Mature, even though there is immaturity that surrounds us. We are God's children. We are God's people. We are blessed in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, 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 and amen. You are blessed. Go ahead and sit down. I'm done. In Jesus' name, amen.